and Answers begins right now. On October 7, 2023, Hamas launched a terrorist strike on Israel, killing hundreds of civilians. Once again, Israel is in a conflict against neighboring nations that seek her destruction. Many point to the problem being primarily about territory, economics, race, or religion. These all play a factor. However, there is even a greater reason behind the animosity towards Israel. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with our host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The last time we were together, Pat began a message taken from his time at Calvary Chapel, Windward, Oahu, explaining the current situation. Today, he will conclude and bring clarity to a complex issue we should all be watching carefully. If you've missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org, and there you will find this message entitled, Israel and Hamas, Why Do the Nations Rage?, and find hundreds more podcasts that you may download or listen online. Now let's get right to the conclusion. Here's our host, Pat. And so there's more going on here than just what we see politically. You have to look at it through the biblical lens as well. So we'll see a growing animosity towards Israel. Then we'll see violence in the streets of Israel. Take a look just a couple chapters over in Zechariah, in Zechariah chapter 14. It says here, once again, speaking of the end of the age, behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil in Israel will be taken from you and will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Notice what that prophecy states. The houses will be plundered and the women will be ravaged or raped. Isn't that what we saw just a few days ago? Now, this is not the fulfillment of this prophecy. This is what will take place in the days of the tribulation. But definitely, this serves as a precursor of things that are to come. Well, we saw in some of those horrific videos, some too horrific to show, the Hamas terrorists, how they plundered houses, raped women, beheaded civilians, burned many men, women, and children, burned them to death, beheaded them before the eyes of their parents, before beheading the parents, and took dozens of hostages whom they want to use for human shields. Now, a Hamas militant who was captured was recently interviewed, and during his questioning, he stated that we were told by our commanders to behead and step on the heads of civilians. We became animals during the October 7th attack, doing things that humans do not do. Currently, the death toll is about 1,500 Israeli civilians and 3,000 Palestinians. So what we are seeing is not the fulfillment of these end-time prophecies, but indeed a precursor of things that are to come. We call this stage setting, right? And we see it more clear today than ever. The stage is being set for the events that are prophesied in the Bible 
We're getting closer to the return of Christ. Third, we're going to see an international alliance against Israel. Ezekiel 38 and 39 speak of the famous battle of Gog and Magog. And of course, that occurs right after the rapture of the church. Someday soon, the church will be the true people of God, and they are more and more being revealed now as we are getting closer to the end of the age. As the pressure from the culture mounts, we are seeing many churches giving in and compromising their message, adopting the values of the culture around us. And so we're seeing who the true church and the true believers in Christ are. But the church will be taken out sometime in an event called the rapture of the church. Then there will be a break, a month, maybe a year, before the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. And so in that lull period will be this battle of Gog and Magog there in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And what occurs in this battle? Well, you have an alignment of several Middle Eastern nations, and they're led by Gog. It says here in the first verses of Ezekiel 38, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face towards Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, thus says the Lord, behold, I'm against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about and put hooks into your mouth and bring you out and all your army, horses and horsemen, and all them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them. And he says, Persia, Cush, Put are with them, all of them with shield, helmet, gomer, and all the hordes of Bethogarma from the uttermost parts of the north with all the hordes. Many peoples are with you. So what we see here is an international alliance coming on an all-out assault to destroy the nation of Israel. Gog is an individual. He is the leader of this coalition. Also referred to is Magog, and the nation of Rosh is mentioned here as well. Those are the nations north of the Black Sea. And if this coalition were to occur any minute, that would be the nation of Russia. Russia would be the leader of this Middle Eastern Islamic alliance. If this were to happen, very soon. Gog literally means high supreme or high mountain. Meshach, Tubal, and Gomer, they're the present day territories of Turkey. Persia, of course, is the modern day Iran. Libya and put as Sudan, those other nations. What is interesting is that uh, when you look today at the nations that are threatening the nation of Israel now in this conflict. And if you look back at the wars Israel has been involved in, the War of Independence in 1948, as soon as they became a nation, the Six-Day War in 67, the Battle of Yom Kippur in 73, the other battles that they have had, many of these nations named in Ezekiel's prophecy were a part of it. And they were militarily and financially financed by, guess who? Russia. Very interesting, isn't it? If you look at the current situation now, you have Hezbollah in Lebanon, 
They have already fired rockets into northern Israel, threatening to attack Israel right now. You have Iran threatening to fire thousands of missiles into Israel. They've given a warning shot to the United States. You guys get involved. We are firing missiles into the land of Israel. And we know for a long time, Iran has been the largest state supporter of Islamic terrorism. They are strong supporters of Hamas and Hezbollah. In Ezekiel's day, which is very interesting, remember when Ezekiel is making this prophecy, it's about 2,500 years ago. It's in the 6th century BC when Ezekiel makes this prophecy. And when he makes this prophecy, Persia is the good guy, okay? They're nice to Israel. It's Babylon who exiled and who destroyed the nation of Israel, burned Jerusalem to the ground, and exiled the people of Israel to Babylon. It's Persia who conquered Babylon and allowed the people of Israel to return home. And if you remember, it's the king of Persia who allows Nehemiah and Ezra to rebuild the temple. So isn't it interesting that when Ezekiel makes this prophecy saying Persia is going to be a major player on the assault of Israel, back in Ezekiel's day, that might have sounded like a very strange prophecy. But we can see things have changed and the pieces are coming together. Back in the day, a few decades ago, many of us were alive at the time. Iran was the friend of Israel. They traded a lot. Israel's survival in her early days can be attributed not only to the United States, but to Iran, who supported Israel. And they were one of the first nations to acknowledge Israel. Well, things changed very quickly, right, when the Ayatollah overthrew the president of Iran, and things have really changed. And now Iran, in the last several decades, remains one of the most hostile nations. Uh, You have heard from the Islamic leaders, the Ayatollah and the president of Iran. They've made no bones about it. Their objective is to destroy Israel and her allies, her chief ally being the United States. That was probably unthinkable when Ezekiel made this prophecy. But you see how the chess pieces now are all coming together. The nation of Russia, we know today, has a very strong alliance with Iran. They formed a very strong alliance. And in all the wars against Israel, Russia was the one who financed and uh, militarily supported the nations against Israel. Now, that was unthinkable. Remember, back in the day, Russia was mostly Russian Orthodox, and they were supporters of a homeland for the Jewish people. They had a large Jewish population there in Russia. Well, all of that changed, right, with the communist revolution in 1923. Now Russia is a strong supporter of the Assad regime in Syria and a very close ally with Iran. And they have supplied arms and financial support to the Middle Eastern countries who have attacked Israel. And interestingly, you know, Russia has a fast-growing Islamic population now of 20%. Turkey. Turkey initially was one of the first Muslim-majority countries to recognize the nation of Israel. 
And the two nations had very good relationships with one another. In fact, the Jewish people would go to Turkey to go to vacation there. Turkey was also a key ally for Israel during the 50s and the 60s. But it's in the 2000s that this relationship has begun to deteriorate. President Erdogan played a significant role in the shift of Turkey's policy. And although a member of NATO, we can see them aligning with Russia. In fact, you can go on the internet and look, uh, in a CNN interview, uh, President Erdogan stated, that he has a very special relationship with Putin. It's Putin that warned Erdogan that the people were seeking to revolt and overthrow him. And so he has developed a strong friendship with Putin. And so we see Turkey now fitting into place. You see this international alliance coming together. So the pieces of the Ezekiel alliance are coming together. Remember, this is not the fulfillment of the Ezekiel prophecy or the prophecies that will occur at the end of the age. Beware of those guys out there, and they'll be coming, predicting dates when Jesus will return, and saying, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy, and November 23rd is when the rapture is going to happen. Beware of those guys. They'll be coming. This is what we call stage setting, and we're seeing more than ever in our day. The picture is getting clearer. The stage is being set for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I believe we are getting closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in light of all that is going on, how are God's people to respond? Well, first of all, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you see these things happening, know that my return is near at the very gates, Jesus said. So to be aware of what is going on in the world, not only look at them through the geopolitical lens, but also look at it through the biblical lens and be aware of the things that are going on and how they fit into God's redemption plan for the ages. When you do, you won't be drawn down in despair and crippling anxiety. We'll all be concerned and we'll all be praying But in the midst of that, we can also have hope and look forward to the return of Christ and the things that are happening and how they're lining up with the coming fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Too many Christians not aware of the times that we are living in. And situations like this and others provide great opportunities to be sharing the gospel of Christ. Second, we're called to bless Israel. The Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the new covenant of Jeremiah 31 have not been fulfilled. And God must fulfill his covenant promises to the people of Israel. All right. And so the covenant made in Genesis 12, 3 still stands. When God said to Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The reason God created Israel was that through this nation, the entire world would come to know God and a blessing would come to the entire world. Israel was not created to be this little elite group of people who would know God and be a nice country club nation unto themselves. The goal was people living in obedience and a special relationship to God, the whole world would come to know God. 
and God's redemption plan would come to the nation of Israel and all the world would be blessed. And this covenant promise still remains. You can see throughout history, those who have blessed Israel, God has blessed. And those who have cursed Israel or sought to destroy the nation of Israel, in the end, receive the judgment of God. And one of the reasons, I believe, there's several reasons, but I believe one of the reasons God has blessed the nation of the United States is that we have been a blessing, one of the strongest supporters and allies to the nation of Israel, and we must continue to do so. So as we head in to the coming elections and elections that go forward from here, that's one of the things you want to look for in the leaders that we elect. What is their attitude towards the nation of Israel? Third, we want to strive for peace for the nation of Israel, but also for the Palestinian people and the people of the Middle East. We're to be the leaders in striving and praying for the peace of all people. So we're to be the leaders who seek peace in the Middle East between the people of Israel, the Palestinians, and all the nations. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Remember, most Palestinians are not Hamas. The vast majority seek peace. Many are fine with a two-state solution there. And we have many Christian, Palestinian Christians. I know several of them. We have many Christians in Iran, in Iraq, in Lebanon, and Turkey. We have Christian missionaries there. So we need to pray for the peace not only of Israel, but for all the people of the Middle East and our leaders in government should be a force for peace there. Now, we know ultimately peace will not come until the king comes, all right? But until he comes, we're to do all that we can to be a force of peace and truth and righteousness and justice for all the people of the Middle East. Fourth, Islam. That ideology must be defeated on two fronts, right? You can't just defeat them militarily. You have to also defeat that ideology intellectually. At the presentation I made Wednesday night, someone asked, what's going to happen once Israel goes into Gaza? And if they are successful, what will happen there? Will Israel just take control of Gaza again? Remember, they surrendered that territory, gave it over to the people of Palestine in 2005 in hopes that peace would be established. And what happened? Well, that became the headquarters of Hamas to launch terrorist attacks into the nation of Israel. And in 2006, Hamas was voted in to be the leaders of the government of Gaza. And so some people ask, well, what's going to happen if Israel goes in there and takes out Hamas and is successful? What will happen? And I said, well, Israel could retake the land. I, I said, I personally don't think so. I think they will allow the people of Gaza to reestablish their government again. And the person asked a great question. He said, well, then we'll get the same thing all over again. And I said, correct. That is why the ideology of Islam must be defeated. That's what we're called to do in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish, we destroy all arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. 
and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. As believers in Christ, we need to show that Islam is a false ideology and buying into it has some very destructive consequences to turn them from that false ideology to the truth that is found in Jesus Christ. As Jesus said, to set the captives free from the false ideology that holds them in prison. So we need to defeat them militarily and defeat groups like Hamas and these kinds of terrorist organizations. But that's not going to end it. We have to defeat false ideologies like Islam and other ideologies. And that's what we're called to do as believers in Christ, engage in spiritual and intellectual combat with the truth of God's word. It's so unfortunate that the culture has imposed their ideas on the church and now engaging in spiritual and intellectual combat with God's truth is now seen as mean-spirited, racist, unloving. Uh, I was called ministry like ours is not gospel-centered, ungracious. Okay? The very thing we're called to do in the Bible the world has duped us to believe now is unspiritual and unchristian. So we've got to defeat this ideology on both fronts here. And finally, of course, we need to pray. Pray that our leaders would be wise. Many in leadership position only look at things politically, right? Which side is more advantageous? Who's got more money? Who would be the greater military and geopolitical ally here. Let's try to cozy up to these guys, okay? Most of our leaders only look at it politically or geopolitically. We need to have leaders who also look at it through a spiritual lens, through the lens of God's word. And so pray for uh, men and women in leadership who have that kind of wisdom. Pray that God would use them powerfully in our government and pray for those uh, God calls you and others to run for leadership positions in our government. God bless you. What a high, privileged calling that is. Pray that we would have candidates like that whom we can elect and pray for them, that they would take their stand and proclaim truth in our government. You heard well, one of those guys uh, at our Evidence and Answers banquet. And pray for our Christian brothers and sisters in Israel, in Palestine, in Lebanon, in Iran, in Turkey. Pray that they would be bold and powerful witnesses for Christ there. And pray that as people see stuff like what's going on with Hamas and others, that they would say, we don't want any part of this, or the religion they preach. And they would be more open to looking at the powerful, truthful message of Jesus Christ. As the days go by, as Jesus said, don't be caught off guard. Be alert, be prayerful, but also we can look forward to the great day when Christ returns to establish his kingdom of everlasting peace. And the events that we see today should have us concerned, but also looking for the promise of his coming. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that your word tells us 
of the things that are to come, that we may not be in despair and without hope. But Lord, with your word, with your truth, we can have hope, looking forward to your return. And the things that are taking place are not catching you by surprise, but indeed going right along with the things that you have predicted and told us to be aware of. May we be aware of the times and more vigilant to preach your word and live your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers. Our goal is to bring you the love of Christ and to equip you in your faith to always be ready to give a response. If you would like to hold an apologetics conference or series of teachings at your facility, contact Pat by calling him in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may email him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to browse through our listing of topics on our site. We have everything from atheism, to Zen Buddhism. You will also find articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. An additional location to find Pat's messages is on YouTube. Look up Evidence and Answers and hit the subscribe button. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. Donating is simple. Just log on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a place to grow in your faith, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log in at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman. Wake up.